0: Hello, thanks for downloading this podcast. Just a quick note to say that we've changed the name from Fight Back to The Next Round. We think the new title gives a more future-facing angle to our conversations with marketing and business leaders as they chat to us about the next round for their businesses. Enjoy this episode and make sure to subscribe. We're planning series three now and it should be with you later this year.
1: This is Fight Back, the innovation podcast.
0: Hello, and welcome to Fight Back. I'm your host, Robin Charney. I've been in digital marketing and innovation for over 20 years, having worked at tech brands like Adobe. I now work at AAR, where we help brands to design, build, and drive high-performing marketing ecosystems. I started Fight Back because I wanted to tell a story that wasn't being told, the story of heritage brands fighting back against disruption. Business innovation and transformation is often only celebrated through the lens of startups. They're the model for growth businesses should be emulating, They're sexy and cool. Heritage brands, on the other hand, are portrayed as yesterday's news. Tired, slow, failing. Well, I'm here to celebrate their Renaissance. It's kind of like a modern day David versus Goliath story, except I'm more interested in the Goliaths. How they're transforming, rebuilding, and growing. In essence, they are the new Davids, really. In each episode, I chat with someone leading the fight back from a brand we've all heard of. It can be a fight back in marketing, innovation, or business transformation. I try to make it as bullshit free and personal as possible with something for you to take away and apply to your own fight back. This stuff is hard, so I want to share the good news where I can. In this episode, I get to chat to someone leading the fight back at a brand we all love. It's been helping us make our way through the last few months of craziness by being a steady and much needed cornerstone of every postcode in the UK. They have over 4,000 retail outlets and have been part of our high streets since 1844. My guest today is customer director at The Co-op and is a retail marketing veteran who has held marketing director roles at Debenhams, Arcadia, and Marks & Spencer before spending three years in Australia at supermarket Woolworths. Welcome, Ali Jones. Hey, Ali. Welcome to Fight Back. Hey, Robin. Thank you so much. I am incredibly honoured. Aw, thanks. Co-op is certainly a Goliath brand that everyone will be familiar with, and you've just announced some stonking results given the current crisis. So tell me a little bit about what fight you're in at Co-op from a business, but also a marketing point of view. Who or what are you most worried about and why?
1: Co-op is a brand that has been around a long time, but it is a brand that has been through some challenges. But we are clearly an incredibly robust and well-loved brand to have uh, survived that crisis and be where we are today. Um, I think for me, there's sort of two levels of of fight that we are we are working on at the moment. Firstly, it's really about talking to consumers and other businesses around what a co-op is and how a co-op can really make a difference. And now more than ever, businesses and brands that actually give back are so so important not just for our society but for consumers because they are looking for brands with purpose and so you know our fight at the moment is to make sure that we run a really strong business that can do good um, in everything that it does whether that be supporting in communities uh, whether that be what we do with our sourcing our fair trade etc etc cetera. But I think the other fight that we are all going to have as commercial entities is the fact that um, we're going into a recession or we are already in recession and the businesses that we operate at the co-op are in in fiercely competitive markets, food grocery being, uh, you know, a prime Mm. example of that. So we've got fights on two fronts, but it's important that we fight on those two fronts um, so that we really deliver on our co-op promise.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think... um... It's hard to fight a battle on two fronts, isn't it? And I, and it's fascinating to me about how one will support the other. I think, you know, and that heritage, that belief in in principled commerce is a real cornerstone of, of who you are as a brand, isn't it? And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that heritage and how that kind of helps you as a as customer director.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Sometimes heritage can be a hindrance as well as a help. Mm. And it's People refer to campaigns, activity, things that's happened in the past, and hold them up as beacons of of what we stand for as the co-op. And and they are very, very useful to use, but it needs to be modern uh, and it needs to reflect what's going on in society. So it's how you take the essence of the core values of a heritage brand like the co-op and make it relevant for today. Uh, whether that be in the way the messaging comes across or the creator that you use or the context in which you use it so you, you have to be very very careful that you don't just try and repeat something that's happened before uh, because um, nine times out of ten if you just do it literally it, it won't work so really having uh, teams of people around you that can unpick what is the essence of what happened before and why was it so successful and why was it so relevant? And then translating into something relevant for today is incredibly important.
0: No, that makes perfect sense. Do you have an example of how your, you and your team are being modern and, and trying using that heritage to you know, leapfrog your competition? Because goodness knows there's no shortage of food retail. <laughs> craziness <laughs> in terms of there's a sh- you know sheer amount of competitors that you're that you're facing is is kind of overwhelming at times it's definitely fiercely competitive
1: in 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 the world that i that i operate in I, I think one of the really interesting examples of real modern thinking was um we had an incredible insight around you engage more proactively with brands when you experience them when you are having fun or you're in a good place or you're connected to a passion point of yours. And so back in 2008, sorry, 2018, I'm just losing 10 years there, uh, (laughs) we we started a journey where we tested running pop-up shops at festivals. Mm. um, And obviously this year we were unable to take our pop-up shops anywhere. But in 2019, we expanded that out, including the uh, absolutely amazing Glastonbury. Um, wow. And really what that was about was how do we bring a brand that is generally shopped by a slightly older demographic to young music fans at all sorts of different venues and different genres around the country to bring them really good quality ethical food at a time when they are having a brilliant time watching their favorite music or their favorite bands. But typically the food that they get at festivals is uh, a lot of fast food, et cetera, et cetera. And our Eastern Research said that you know expensive today and expensive absolutely (laughs) and kids are today wanted vegan food they wanted salads they wanted sandwiches they wanted great food Mm. so we set up these pop-up shops and um i'm sure if you go onto youtube there are a ton of videos of Festival goers, partying and dancing and having great fun in our pop up shops. And, you know, we're really seen as a lifeline for them to, you know, pretty much 24 seven be able to get quality food for them to have while they're obviously sensibly consuming alcohol and having a good time. (laughs) Of course.
0: in the days where we consumed sensible alcohol together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. And, and, that, and that was a real, a real unlocker for us in terms of a brand moment where we were, we were sharing, we're sharing with a new audience, you know, what, what the co-op stood for and really bring a story to a new audience in a way that uh, was truly, truly relevant to them. Um, and so that was just a, a fantastic moment. And, and the other thing that I think is really important for this is that the impact it had on colleague engagement was probably one of the greatest things we've ever done. So we had three shifts... Of colleagues working together and we recruited them from across the country not just food stores but our support center our funeral business our legal business our insurance business and those teams came together and they camped on site and you know i got letters and emails and text messages from colleagues going the best five days ever working at the co-op i absolutely love it i had such a good time i made brilliant friends i worked super hard but it was just the most amazing experience. And, you know, if you can provide that for colleagues, then, wow, what
0: advocates have you got for the rest of your life? Yeah, I think it's a brilliant example of of modern marketing and taking the brand to a place where it needs to be, but in a fun and engaging way. Um, how would you describe the culture at Co-op? You've worked in lots of retail. You have a vast experience. How do you characterize the, the culture at Co-op?
1: Um, I think it's... Because we have this vision and this purpose it it galvanizes us to just really we 're incredibly caring uh, we we as a leadership team, we did uh, some evaluations of our our personalities and and in how we operate. And um, you know, the the company came back to us and said, Oh my God, you know, you're off the charts as a group of leaders in terms of care. And I think that's just the nature of some of the people that's been hired, but also you know, what our purpose is. So we're incredibly caring and we're incredibly collaborative. Um, You know, at the moment, we have a a brilliant initiative where we've done a big call for talent and we're bringing people from across the organisation at all levels to work on projects because things are changing so fast. We need lots and lots of really brilliant and diverse thinking to help us to work through these problems that
0: that this current pandemic is giving us. That's amazing, but it's a tough commercial environment, isn't it? And how do you... I'd love to know how you get the financial people on board with some of the things you want to do. And because, you know, obviously maybe, you know, doing pop-up shops at Glastonbury might have, might not have been from a financial point of view, the most supported by the financial. I'd love to know how you do that magic of getting the finance people on board with the kind of caring and collaborative nature, because in some retailers, it would be Non-compatible, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, I, I work with an absolutely incredible FD, Steve Nuttle. He is absolutely brutal at challenging me and the team to look at returns but we don't just look at financial returns we you know we have a balanced scorecard the way we assess things whether that be around brand measures whether that be around employee engagement because there, there are enough there's enough material out there to sit with your finance team to explain to them That, you know, if you have colleague engagement, it will drive to commercial returns. If you have brand engagement, you have brand consideration, you have a strong brand health, it will lead to commercial returns. But equally, I make sure that my team are as commercially savvy as they can be because they have to work hand in glove, not just with finance, but with our commercial team. And our commercial team have very, very high, as we all do, sales target and margin targets. And so really, we need to understand the full business in, in the customer function so that we can do and uh, meet our objectives, but, but be cognizant of what the rest of the commercial business has got to achieve
0: as well. Absolutely. And and I think it's marketeers' job to understand the numbers and to be able to explain the numbers, and but to also balance that with the role of marketing um, to our financial colleagues, because it's not their job to understand marketing. It's their job to you know, run the numbers and, and, and be that person. So I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on what you think the core skill sets are now for a modern marketeer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I think let's, let's be honest with you. The the skills that you need to be a modern day marketeer are varied. So let's be honest. No one person's going to have that. It's about building the right team. But when it comes to the actual sort of, I suppose, customer skills, you really, really need to be able to understand and interpret insights and data you've really got to be data savvy, you've got to be commercial, but equally, you've got to understand the power of a brand and getting a proposition right. And so if you can get that sort of blend of understanding, but have really, really strong experts within your team, um, and then it's your job to make sure you get set them up for success and put them in the right meetings and the right positions to be able to deliver, then then you've got a winning formula.
0: I think that makes perfect sense. I agree with you entirely that no one person can have all the skill sets and it's about the blend of building the right team and, you know, in my job, I see how marketing teams are evolving very quickly. And, you know, that whole kind of you know, organizational design of marketing is a really fast moving area at the moment with, with senior leaders like yourself trying to figure out, you know, what are those skills? You know, what are the the, what we call the, you know, the soft skills? And, and what are the hard skills? And, it, and, it's, and it's a real challenge for leaders. And I guess I'd love to understand a bit more about how that team held together during COVID and what you learned about leadership and team building and all those wonderful things in the last six months because it's been you know brutal, frankly. Oh
1: God, yeah, it's been horrendous. <laughs> so I, I think I think we've been on a quite an interesting journey, me personally and the team. So we started off with an absolutely brilliantly planned 2020. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> it was fantastic. I was we all did. so excited about what we were going to be doing. It was going to be absolutely awesome. And then this hit, and we kind of looked at it and went oh, shit, we're just going to have to rip it all up and start again, aren't we? (laughs) Because actually, you know, it's not going to be relevant to be talking about A, B and C. Mm. And um, I think straight away... We suddenly um, had to realize that our number one priority was our colleagues in stores because everybody was being sheltered at home, working from home. Yet we had tens of thousands of colleagues that were actually on the front line dealing with um, empty shelves, panic buying customers that really didn't really know what was going on um there was obviously lots of confusion and and lots of worry so a lot of our focus at that time moved to internal comms and making sure we were doing the right thing for colleagues and then signalling to customers you know just what was going on in terms of things like you know please don't bulk buy pasta and toilet roll uh you know mm. uh, social distancing you know reminding people to you know uh, hand sanitize etc cetera, etc cetera. so it was very very practical sort of safety comms mm. and then very quickly we sat down as an exec and said right you know there are some key things that we need to support and really access to food and supporting food banks banks is what we did and the team incredibly quickly mobilized and we ran through Throughout the summer, a big campaign which uh, Marcus Rashford helped us with, who uh, obviously received an MBE in the Queen's uh, Honours. this year, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, so proud of what he's done. It's been amazing. But, uh, we just focused around how we as a co-op, as our members and our customers could support those communities where they were struggling to get access to food. And we turned all that campaign around in the matter of days. Um, and, and I think a lot of, a lot of supermarkets did, did some, did some thing, similar things, but I think as a retailer, um, you're you're pretty good in a crisis. You're good at mobilizing. So you had that sort of energy and that crisis energy. And, you know, we just went for it. And the first three or four weeks, you know, we were working incredibly long hours, doing things quickly, running around, getting things sorted. I think then as it, it continued, and, you know, normally you have a crisis. So we have we had a bit of a crisis when we had the beast from the east and everyone runs around and for two weeks your discretionary effort is through the roof but as it started in this pandemic to become gosh it's a month it's now six weeks it's now two months people started to get really really tired. And so our emphasis really, really shifted to well-being and, you know, supporting colleagues. In the office, It was a, you had a very good way to connect with junior members of the team. They were able to come and get exposure to you um, as, the, as their director or as their senior manager. And it's a way of them being able to show what they've been doing and to connect, et cetera, et cetera. Everything's now a little bit more formal. It's all yeah. planned discussions. Yeah. Um, and so I do something called green button surfing. So for those of you this. who are on Teams, because um, I, I was getting really, really quite depressed about the fact that, you know, I wasn't having those spontaneous, you know, chats around the water fountain or bumping into people in our coffee shop on the ground floor of our support centre. And I was and I was thinking, OK, I've got to start missing it. I need to start thinking about, well, how do I create my virtual bumping into somebody in a corridor? And uh, if you go onto Teams, you can get a whole list of, of, of people you talk to on like a, a speed dial. And you can see next to their face whether they've got a red button because they're in a meeting, an amber button because they're not on Teams, or a green button, which means they're on Teams, so they're in front of their computer, but they're not on a call. So I just started reaching out to people who uh, I saw a green button and uh, and having those impromptu chats. And uh, I get masses out of it because suddenly you have a quick five minute conversation with somebody, I think start off with people are a bit shocked. Oh my God, Ali's phoning mm. me what's wrong. But actually you end up having real great quality conversations. So now whenever I have 10, 20 minutes spare, I, I go green button surfing to try and uh, bump into people
0: virtually. I, I love that idea. <laughs> I love it. From a personal point of view, you know, about you, Ali, what, what what leadership lessons you've learned off the back of this? I'd love to hear what you can share with the people.
1: Um I think for me I've probably learned more about mental health and the impacts of how people uh how that impacts people's uh, ability to work and how uh their home and work life balance um is is so much more critical I think we I'm a pretty personal um individual you know I know my team personally but um actually spending more time thinking about what's going on in their home life, um, how they're dealing personally with being in lockdown, um, the fact that, you know, people have worries about their parents or, or or other siblings because of what is going on. And so I've spent more time reading up about um, mental health and making sure that I can support the teams and have the right conversations. Um, That's been a big, big piece for me. Um, And I think the other thing that I'm very conscious of is I'm absolutely honoured that I'm now the exec sponsor here at the co-op for Aspire, which is our women's colleague network. We have five colleague networks, um, which are an incredibly important part of our diversity inclusion programme. But, um, you know, I was very, very aware um, across the board how, when you have working mums and working dads at home with kids, that it is the the woman that is spending the time becoming the carer, even though she has a full-time job as well as the husband. Mm. Um, And I think there's, uh, there's some inequality coming through there. So I've really made sure that, um, you know, I'm aware that there are some some of my team who are having to take on some quite big child um, burdens in terms of homeschooling, etc. So we've had to think about how we adjust our way of working to, to support that.
0: Yeah, it's a fun, it, 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 I'll be fascinating to see how much stays with us once we're in a new normal I don't think we'll ever go back to a uh, normal but in the new normal what we keep and what we thankfully leave behind if you get anything you'd love to keep out of this crisis do you think yeah I'm definitely going to do that forever
1: um I just really miss the office. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I'm I a people person. I just miss connecting with people, bumping into people you least expect, as I said, yeah. and having that conversation. I think I was fortunate anyway, because at the co-op, we were very, very supportive of working from home. So, um, you know, a number of us, as you would expect, were out on Thursdays and Fridays, either working from home with suppliers or in stores. Mm-hmm. So it's not like working from home wasn't something that we already did. Um, I think what is going to be, what, actually what I'm most concerned about, and we started to experience it in the last few weeks, is we want to allow people the flexibility of choosing when they work from home and when they come in the office based on what's going on. And we've had a few sort of larger meetings that are really, really important meetings where we've had half the meeting participants in the office and half on the end of a team's call. Mm. And we realized as a leadership team that we have got to really reset the whole meeting etiquette around that. Because after the first hour and a bit of the meeting, um, one of the uh, members of the meeting on the team said, we feel like we're watching you have a meeting Mm. because obviously we have a full 100 percent, you know, attention. You know, we're chatting, you know, there's the odd side conversation. And if you're on Teams, it's very, very hard to connect in. And so, you know, as the UK, as a world, you know, if we are going to get to that mix, we have to make sure we've got the right Teams etiquette. So everybody feels comfortable to participate uh, and deliver for that, that. Particular
0: no, of meeting. course, yeah. So many new things to think about, isn't there? Um, I'm going to ask one more final question, which is leaving 2020 behind us, thank God. Hopefully soon, <laughs> and 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 hopefully not having to go back there anytime soon. What What are you looking forward to? What excites you from as a as a marketeer? Which you know, I think of you as a marketeer fundamentally.
1: Gosh, I mean, I, I think I think there's two things. In In general, what I'm excited about is the possibilities. We have more tools at our fingertips as marketeers and, and customers. The directors than we've ever done before. What data will unlock is, is incredible. The level of personalization that we can do, um, the level of uh, opportunities to connect with consumers in different ways is just fantastic. But I do believe that um, we've got to make sure that we have the head and the heart in the same room together. Um, I see a lot of businesses being incredibly data-driven, but sometimes losing a bit of the magic um, I think really, really successful customer directors and marketing directors will will combine the two together and really, really successfully. Um, I think personally for me, what I'm really excited about is we, we announced uh, a few weeks ago that um, we are a partner with an incredible project in, in East Manchester, which is called Co-op Live. Oh, yes. Um, and when it comes to innovation, this absolutely is a beacon of one of the things that we as Co-op are doing. And this was coming together with an incredible American uh, organization called OVG, who open arenas around the world. And 18 months ago, we sat with them and they said, "Listen, would you would you be part of this project?" And we were like, "Wow, God, we'll never get this off the ground. This is just, you know, off the charts." But we actually worked through, and we've developed a a arena proposition that is absolutely steeped in co op values. It will be the most sustainable arena in the world probably it's a community arena it'll give members value and benefits and so it's the absolute epitome of uh of what the co-op stands for um in a music arena which obviously complements all our work with festivals brilliantly and you know hats off to uh aj and alistair and my team who who drove that through and for the team at OVG for believing in the power of what a co-op can do to differentiate the music industry, which uh, an entertainment industry which which they are in, and and so experiences and innovation like that are things that if I can do more of those and see more of those out there, it's going to be hugely
0: exciting. I think that's just amazing, and you know the whole idea of conceptualizing a, a live music venue in these days is really um, inspiring. And I'm I'm going to look forward to recording, um, you know, fight back live <laughs> in the
1: arena that, one day. That's when I have my Fifty million fans. <laughs> That's, yeah, you are invited.
0: Well, to- repeat this, Ali. You and I will get on stage and we'll do, a, we'll do a revisitation of fight back and record it live in front of our screaming fans. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been great. I've learned a lot and I'm so thrilled that we got a chance to hear your story. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks to my guests this week, to the lovely team at Something Else for producing and for AAR for all your support. See you soon.